case of the Long Island serial killer is still unsolved. Follow us, Billy Jensen and Alexis Linkletter, as we investigate the untold story of the Long Island serial killer. 11 victims, 10 years, and countless theories. It was just how many bodies were being found in one area. I was shocked. And for us, this case is personal. You can follow our investigation in our all-new special, Unraveled, The Long Island Serial Killer. Streaming now on Discovery+. Plus. The Leslie Marshall Show, a true democracy in talk radio. Of, for, and by you, the people. from Washington, D.C. every Wednesday from 3 to 4 p.m. for an hour-long Generation Progress Takeover. Check us out at genprogress.org or on Twitter at genprogress. Hello, and welcome to the Generation Progress Takeover of the Leslie Marshall Show. I'm your co-host, Edwith Theogene. And I'm your co-host as well, Charlotte Hancock. Yes, thank you for joining us. Pleasure to have you here, Charlotte. Of course, like always, miss you since we're not in I know, office. I know. This is our like buddy catch-up conversation space where we also just get to talk about progressive policy issues we care about since we can't be shooting the uh, stuff in the office anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, on today's show, we're going to be talking about the Equality Act, which is a really amazing key piece of civil rights legislation currently being considered by the Senate. Um, this bill would implement uniform legal protections for people regardless of gender, sexual orientation. Um, these protections are critical for LGBTQ plus people in this country whose protected status varies greatly from state to state and city to city. The Equality Act has already been passed twice by the House of Representatives, and the first time it was passed in 2019, and then Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell refused to take it up for a vote in the Senate. But now, with a different party in control, the Equality Act is moving forward. Uh, it's pretty amazing, but last week it received its first Senate hearing. But the bill is still facing significant backlash that jeopardizes its chances of ultimately becoming law. So we're going to dive deep and discuss this bill and where it's going and what's happening. Um, so to talk with us more about the Equality Act and what it would mean for LGBTQ plus Americans, we are joined by two expert guests. We have Sharita Gruberg, the vice president, president of the LGBTQ plus project at the Center for American Progress. Hi, Sharita. Hi there. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Shreed and I also work in an office together sometimes, but uh, we do not see each other because of the pandemic. Um, we're also joined by Nadine Smith, the Executive Director of Equality Florida. Hi, Nadine. Hey there. How are you? Good afternoon. Thank you. Thank you again for joining us. This is going to be um, the second time that you've been on the show, so we're really excited for a great conversation. Yes. Do I get a mug if I get on the third time? <laughs> All right, let's, we'll talk about that after the show. Yeah, we'll work on that. We'll work on that. Um, so to start us off, Sharita, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your work on the LGBTQ team at CAP? 
Of course. Um, so my team uh, studies the impact of uh, policies on LGBTQ people. And like the Center for American Progress, uh, we are multi-issues. So we work on a range of issues impacting the lives of LGBTQ people and our families, um, from non-discrimination protections to data collection, to healthcare access and equity, uh, to economic security, um, to housing homelessness issues, education, uh, immigration, um, you name it, the team does it. Uh, our big priority, though, is getting federal non-discrimination protections for LGBTQ people, um, because without this baseline, um, we're seeing a lot of disparities in all areas of life. So it's something that impacts just about every single thing that we work on. Awesome. Thank you. Um, and Nadine, can you give us sort of like a quick reminder of the mission of Equality Florida and how you come to this work? Sure. Um, Equality Florida is the statewide LGBT education and advocacy organization um, in Florida. We've been around since 1997, and um, we've worked at the local, state, and federal level to secure equity and equality for the LGBTQ community. Thanks. Um, I'm currently in Florida and from Florida, so definitely appreciate a lot of the work that Equality Florida um, is working on. Uh, to jump into this conversation a little bit, Sharita, can you give us a high-level overview of what the Equality Act is? Sure. Uh, it's a really critical piece of legislation that we have been fighting for for the last almost 50 years. Um, so it was first introduced uh, by um, Representative Bella Abzug in the 70s. So this has been a long fight. We are closer than ever before. Uh, and what it would do with it, it would update our civil rights laws um, to include explicit non-discrimination protections uh, based on sexual orientation and gender identity in key areas of life, like employment, housing, credit, jury service, federally funded programs, public places and spaces, um, basically everything that people need to be full and equal participants in our society. Um, it One of the things, though, that folks don't really talk about much is the fact that this uh, legislation doesn't only help LGBTQ people. It also has a lot of really important provisions that expand civil rights protections for women, people of color, and people of faith. And I would be remiss to point out that LGBTQ people also um, are part of all of these identities. And so it would ensure that we are protected as our whole selves all of the time. Um, CAP was uh, really excited to join a coalition um, to finally uh, get this important piece of legislation into law, the Freedom and Opportunity for All Coalition, which just launched this week. Uh, so we're really excited to be part of this effort. I'm so I'm so excited uh, that you know this has made progress. But I I'm almost like I'm almost frozen, Sharita, on like one of the first things you said when you started speaking, and I shouldn't be shocked, but this was first introduced in the 1970s. Is that what you said? Yeah, the fight for LGBTQ equality has uh, has been a long running fight. I, I just, you know, I, I think like what I'm processing is the fact that the legislation um, has been trying to get across the finish line, um, you know, for for 
that many years. So I think I just want to reiterate that to our audience. Um, you know, I think some people kind of don't realize um, how many how many things um, there are left to fix um, for LGBTQ people in the country. So um, thanks so much for for working on it. Um, great. So I think we've just got a couple more minutes here in our segment. Um, Nadine, I was wondering, uh, as we're talking about that, if you could um, give us a little bit more about how the Equality Act came into existence. Well, you know, it, a version of federal protections has been around since the 70s, but this has continued to evolve. There was a point in time where there was one called the Employment Non-Discrimination Act that narrowly focused on employment um, this, what, what is remarkable about the uh, Equality Act is just its scope. It would provide consistent and, and very specific non-discrimination protections for LGBTQ people across you know, key areas of life, not just employment, but housing, credit, education, public spaces and services, uh, federally funded programs and jury service. So in Florida, and now that I know you're a Floridian, you know, we got to catch up, but in Florida, the Florida Commission on Human Relations, which is the agency that enforces civil rights law, recently said we they are fully embracing Bostock. They are going to enforce Florida civil rights protections to include the LGBT community, which is fantastic. It is, it's a huge victory, a huge breakthrough. But Florida's um, civil rights law is fairly narrowly focused. The Equality Act actually provides greater protections and in more areas of public life than our existing uh, state law. So it's important, you know, we've worked for years to pass these on the on the local level. That didn't stop us from fighting for it on the state level. And now that we have the, the security of those protections on the state level, they have to exist at the federal level and cover all of the places where we experience discrimination. I love that. I think that's really fantastic. And I do look forward to catching up. Um, and it's great to see how you know, a lot of this work is also multi-pronged in the sense of there's work to be happening on the local level, the state level, and having this federal policy solution is really critical and necessary. And I also appreciate, Sharita, you also made this point about this is a bill that uh, would support and impact tons of people. Um, and it also has a holistic approach because LGBTQ folks are also part of a variety of different communities. So whether you're a person of faith, whether you're a person um, of a different gender, like this bill would be helpful for you. So we're gonna dive deeper into this um, a little bit more and explore how this bill can have this impact and why it's so critical um, for all of us once we get back from commercial break and hear a little bit from our sponsors. So we'll just hold on tight and join us. If you miss Leslie on TV this week, catch up at lesliemarshallshow.com. Follow Leslie on Twitter. Just go to www.twitter.com slash Leslie Marshall, and we'll be sure to share your tweets. Hello, and welcome back to the Generation Progress Takeover of the Leslie Marshall Show. I'm your co-host, Edowith. And I'm Charlotte Hancock. Oh. We're back, back in action. <laughs> We are back here talking about the Equality Act, and we're joined by Nadine from um, Equality Florida and Sharita from Center for American Progress. Hello, welcome back. Hi there. Hi. Hello. 
So we're going to jump right back into conversation. And Sharita, this question is for you. Can you sort of walk us through why this bill is necessary in this current moment? What are some of the protections and discriminations? What are the protections um, that this bill would really cover? And then also, what are some of the discriminations and things that happen to the LGBTQ plus community and those who would be served by this bill? Sure. So last summer, uh, my team and NORC at the University of Chicago fielded a national study uh, to get a better idea of the experiences of LGBTQ folks. And the results were really terrible. Um, over one in three LGBTQ people experienced discrimination in the past year. And when you talk about people within our community, those numbers are even higher. So 62% of transgender people, 43% of people of color, uh, 45% of disabled LGBTQ folks, and 57% of LGBTQ Gen Z people. And I do want to stress, like, these are underestimates, because one of the things that really comes out when we're talking to people who are in our community is discrimination of these experiences are so normalized that people don't think of really terrible experiences as uh, qualifying as discrimination, particularly LGBTQ older adults uh, really tend to view this mistreatment as way the world is. Um, so I do want to say like these numbers are startlingly high and definitely an underestimate. Um, and these experiences of discrimination have really severe negative psychological um, and physical impacts as well as negative impacts on economic security and well-being. So for example, half reported moderate or significant negative psychological impacts from discrimination um, and LGBTQ people take really drastic measures to alter their lives to avoid the trauma of discrimination. You know, marriage equality is the law of the land, and yet over half reported hiding a personal relationship. We had a really huge uh, win in the Supreme Court with the Bostock decision. Um, however, as Nadine pointed out, it definitely expanding protections in some areas, but there's other areas of the law that don't prohibit sex discrimination, so we don't even have an entry point uh, to expand on discrimination after the Bostock And one of the uh, key areas is public accommodations, um, where sex discrimination is currently prohibited in public accommodations, which is not in 2021, but that is where federal law is. And over half of uh, respondents to our survey who experienced discrimination in the past year said that that happened to them in public spaces, including stores, public transportation, um, or restaurants or things of that order. So it's this is something that's really widespread, detrimental, um, and happening in ways that impact people's daily lives and just being able to live openly and as their full selves in public. Yeah, that's intense. <laughs> you really colored... Um, the actual experience of people that are out there. And I'm happy that you also provided an intersectional lens to that um, and brought to life that the data can only say so much, right? We need to also apply a critical lens of, of how people are really experiencing this. Um, Nadine, like how do the, I know you talked about a little bit about some of the, the, the different laws and stuff like that that were in place prior to the Equality Act and how the fight has sort of like shifted. But um how do the how do the protections of the Equality Act differ from or expand on other anti-discrimination laws that um, either exist or have been in the past? Well, I mean, you know, we've covered some of the ways um, that it is different from just an employment non-discrimination law um, and how it expands protections. 
that have an impact beyond the LGBT uh, community. And, and this really is about updating our civil rights protections in America to address what is actually happening in people's lives where discrimination is creating a barrier, whether it's to um, economic opportunity, adequate healthcare, access to public spaces. And so, you know, I, I'm so glad that we're talking about not just the numbers, but the, the impact it has to experience discrimination, the humiliation, the, the, the way that it, it makes it difficult to move through the world uncontested. And what we are seeing now, um, you know, at the sort of grassroots level in Florida, more than 60% of the population lives in places where local ordinances passed. Those are red communities, blue communities, it doesn't matter. We've been able to pass them because when you talk about people's real lives, not the, not the caricatures that the opposition likes to throw out, but real people talking about their lived experience of discrimination, it changes hearts and minds, it changes votes. And, and we're seeing that now in this fight for the Equality Act where they've gone to the same playbook of demonizing a portion of our community, specifically the trans community, and, and that is trickling down into state legislatures. So this legislative se session, we have seen 25 anti-trans bills that target transgender youth trying to keep kids from playing sports. And we saw some of the same rhetoric they are using to justify these bills playing out in the Equality Act hearing. And we have to be very careful because um, the young people who are bearing the brunt of this, they, they don't even know all of the political machinations that are unfolding. What they do know is somebody's trying to tell them they can't play on the soccer team anymore. Somebody's trying to say that they can't participate in school life like any other student. And so we've been pushing back really hard on that, making sure people understand this isn't arising from something that's happening on the ground. This is an orchestrated effort to, to dehumanize uh, trans people and, and scare people and really distort everyone's idea of fairness into a weapon against trans youth. They cite research and the researcher who they cite as justification for these bills has come out publicly saying, you are distorting my research. These bills that you're trying to pass are wrong and they do not have my support. But they see it as a political issue that they can leverage. And it's really important that we not leave any part of the LGBT community alone to push back against that, that demonization and dehumanization. Nadine, that is such an important flag. One of the things that really jumped out to me at the hearing um, on the bill in front of Senate Judiciary was proponents of the bill were talking about real harms that LGBTQ people are facing in their daily lives. There was an amazing 16-year-old um, trans girl, Stella, who was talking about her real life, and Representative Newman was talking about the experiences of her child. And then on the other side, you had the opponents in this fantasy land of hypothetical harms and as you said, we have all of these cities in Florida. We have 300 cities across the country, 20 plus states that have had these protections for years. We still have girls sports. We still have um, faith-based organizations providing services. The sky has not fallen. But what we do have is LGBTQ people have protections under the law in these places. They have recourse in the instances where discrimination happens. And that's really all we're trying to have here is making sure that people are protected and treated equally under the law. 
Thanks so much, Sharita. Um, I think, you know, I really appreciate y'all bringing uh, sort of like the story and the life to why this legislation is so important and it's so pressing that it get passed. When we come back, I want to talk about the state of play. You've been listening to the Generation Progress takeover of the Leslie Marshall Show, and we'll be back after this commercial break. Welcome back to the Generation Progress Takeover of the Leslie Marshall Show. I am your co-host, Charlotte Hancock. And I'm your other co-host, Adwa Theogy. Um, and today we are joined by two awesome guests. We have Sharita Gruberg uh, from the Center for American Progress. Sharita, thanks so much for coming back with us. And then we also have Nadine Smith, uh, the Director of Equality Florida. Thanks, Nadine, for joining us today. It was great to have you both on the show. Thrilled to be here. Thank you. Yeah. So in our previous segments, we were talking about why uh, the Equality Act um, proposed legislation uh, is so important and how it would be um, so crucial to protecting the rights of so many people in our country. Um, And so now that we've got that uh, sort of talked through a little bit here, I want to to talking about um, the state of play. Where is this legislation? Um, What happens next? So, Sharita, from my understanding, um, the Equality Act has passed through the House, which is great. Um, So what are the next steps for the bill? It passed through the House, and I want to flag with bipartisan support. Same in 2019. Um, This is not a controversial piece of legislation, at least as far as voters are concerned. We consistently see over 75% of uh, voters are in support of comprehensive federal non-discrimination protections for LGBTQ folks. Um, HRC recently did a poll with Heart with found over 70% support the Equality Act as it is. Um, And this is true across faith denominations for Republicans and Democratic voters. uh, We have over 50% support um, and in basically every single state in the country. Uh, as with so many other issues, though, uh, including, you know, voter um, voting rights, gun control, uh, there's a huge gulf between what the voters want and what the Senate is actually going to do. Um, however, the, we're in a very different position than we were last time uh, the bill passed the House. Uh Mitch McConnell is not Senate Majority Leader anymore. We don't have somebody who won't even uh, be voted on on the floor. And so we uh, have um, Senator Schumer as Majority Leader, who is supportive of a floor vote. Uh, President Biden has um, also been supportive of this bill. So we're in a very different position. uh, And we just need everybody to weigh in and express to their elected officials why this matters and why it's so important. And I just want to do a quick plug real fast while you're talking about that. We do have a tool on the Generation Progress website that allows people to email their senators um, about passing this super important piece of legislation. So you can find that on the homepage of genprogress.org. It's featured front and center right now, um, since this is such an important time for folks to weigh in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, If I can just pick up on that, this is Nadine. I just want to say, if you're a Floridian, Equality Florida, we need you. We, We need you to help deliver this message to our senators, Rick Scott and Marco Rubio. 
And they've really got to hear from people. You know, the public is solidly with us. Business leaders, large and small, community leaders. That is why we live in a state where more than 60% of the population live in places where these protections have been in place for years, decades in some, in some cases. And when the Florida Commission on Human Relations said, yes, we are fully embracing the Bostock ruling, we will treat civil rights uh, violations of Florida civil rights statute just like everyone else if it targets the LGBT community, there was no uproar because this is where Floridians are across party lines. What we're bumping into is the, is the, the reality that our democracy isn't being reflected by our elected leaders. Between gerrymandering and voter suppression, they are removing themselves from that accountability of where the people really want them to be. So it becomes even more important that we raise our voices, that we contact their offices, that we do in-district visits, that we apply the kind of pressure that makes it inescapable to them, um, even with the deck stacked against us when it comes to the, uh, the democratic process where in Florida you know, voter suppression is a reality in Florida as it is in other places. I think it was Stacey Abrams who said, we're not, we're not a, um, a swing state, we're a suppressed state. So we've got to, we have to work extra hard to make sure that all of that important work of shifting hearts and minds, moving public opinion actually shows up in the political sphere. So if you're a Floridian, please reach out, equalityflorida.org. I'm Nadine at equalityflorida.org. It is an all hands on deck moment. Uh, because we have a real opportunity to finally get the Senate to take action and move bipartisan legislation to ensure an even playing field, real opportunity for everyone without the artificial barriers of discrimination in our in our way. Nadine, you made a really great point. Um, in order for us to see progress on the issues that we care about, in order for us to see things move, we also need to have our democracy work for the people and represent the people. So also plugging in another bill the Generation Progress is in support of, which is called the For the People Act. It's a democracy reform bill that is also um, has passed the House and, uh, you know, moving through the Senate and stuff like that. So we're really excited. It's HR1 S1. So if you check out our website, you can also um, reach out to your representatives to support that. This bill would be critical um, because, as you talked about, Nadine, like gerrymandering and not having political officials who actually represent the will of the people because of all the different voter suppression laws and things that are happening across this country. Um, last year, people voted in historic numbers. They put into place so many great uh, voter reforms and like vote by mail, expanding that, so many great things. And in response to that, what we've been seeing is an uptick in voter suppression bills. And I think in Florida, there's already starting some conversation around that as well. So. You made some really great points. Um, to to kind of pivot back just a little bit to the Equality Act, Nadine, you talked about this a little bit about um, you know how anti-trans legislation and also anti-trans sentiment has been part of this conversation around the Equality Act. Um, I'm curious how you see the Equality Act would sort of like impact that and be like a great you know pushback against that those sentiments as well as uh, the legislation that's that's coming out. Well, I think they're they're both rooted in the reality that we have to tell our stories, that we have to um, not allow the the pollsters and the and the message makers who whose stock and trade is fear and dehumanization and demonization of any um, of any part of our community. We can't let them control 
the narrative. We have to have people speak for themselves. And so I've been really proud of the fact that whether it's at a local school board meeting where some right-wing group decides they're going to, you know, attack LGBTQ uh, young people, particularly trans people, we see families showing up. We see uh, students showing up. If you if you check out the Equality Florida Twitter feed or Facebook feed, you'll see testimony from really just passionate testimony from from parents and from young people saying, "What are you doing? This is not okay. This isn't the this isn't the country we want." to inherit, that we want to grow up in. And in the same way that the far right came after marriage equality and won 38 uh, states in a row, constitutional amendments, what they really did was they they dislodged a boulder. They 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 provoked um, in, in many people who never thought of themselves as activists, you know, the desire to tell their own story and not have them their lives be defined by the most hateful voices. And so we're at that moment right now on on these issues, particularly as they impact the trans community, it's particularly appalling that in a state where, you know, at a time when more than 44 trans women have been murdered, that's not the issue that the legislature takes up. That's not the urgent emergency that they take up. Instead, they want to take up an issue where there is no problem, where guidelines are in place, where nobody is pushing this except pollsters and, and, and uh, political operatives who think that there's some cheap votes that they can call by, by banging this drum. So right now we have to do what we did around marriage equality, what we've always done, which is tell our stories and, and get people who don't think of themselves as activists to pick up the phone, get on Twitter, text, message your senators and tell and speak with your own voice about why this matters. That's really important. And I think you're really right. Like we have to get out there and tell our own stories and we can't allow other people to tell our stories for us. Um, and this is definitely, I feel, an act of, of love, of community, of support to just tell your senator to pass this really critical bill. Um, Sharita, I'm curious from, from your perspective of working in the DC space around these issues, you talked a little bit about how this was a coalition effort uh, to push this bill forward, what came up for you in those conversations and what do you think was impactful about the coalition efforts that came together to really make this bill happen? I would say, actually, sorry, Sharita, if you could hold that thought until right oh. after the break. We are like 60 or maybe even 40 seconds from our break right now. Um, but I think that is a great question and I want to hear the answer to it. So <laughs> it's going to be a cliffhanger for our listeners. Dun, dun, uh, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, you have been listening to the Generation Progress Takeover of the Leslie Marshall Show. Uh, we are your co-hosts, uh, Charlotte Hancock and Ed with Eugene. We're going to be right back talking more about the importance of the Equality Act after this commercial break. If you miss Leslie on TV this week, catch up at LeslieMarshallShow.com. Progress Takeover the Leslie Marshall Show. I'm your co-host, Edwith Theogene. And I'm Charlotte Hancock. Today, we are talking to Sharita Nadine, Sharita from the Center for American Progress, and Nadine from Equality Florida about the Equality Act. 
before we went off to break, I uh, was talking, I was asking Sharita if she can tell us a little bit about the coalition efforts um, around this bill. We know that it enjoys wide public support and it passed with bipartisan support. So just curious about the coalition efforts in the background and the different communities that came together that really pushed this bill forward. If you can tell us a little bit about that, Sharita. Sure. So since the Equality Act uh, impacts so many different groups and also because there's so much broad support for ensuring that LGBTQ people are protected under federal law, uh, the support behind this bill is enormous. Um, we have hundreds of advocacy organizations that have signed on to support it, over 60 business associations, including the conservative U.S. Chamber of Commerce and the National Association of Manufacturers, nearly 400 major U.S. companies, including thousands of 500 companies, and also over 100 organizations representing a wide diversity um, of missions and all over the country for equality coalition. Right before the uh, Senate Judiciary hearing, uh, the Faith for Equality Coalition also dropped off a petition of nearly 20,000 voices of faith in support of the Equality Act. We also have women's organizations that are supporting it, National Women's Law Center, as well as civil rights partners like the Leadership Conference for Civil and Human Rights. Um, And so it's a really broad uh, coalition of support from a lot of different um, perspectives who have signed on um, and are in the fight for pushing for this to become law. Wow, that's really exciting. You've got everybody out there, um, which is really great. I guess this bill just needs to become law. It just needs to happen. It's the will of the people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what are the, so right now, like obviously we want to put pressure on the Senate to make sure that we pass this bill. Are there other things that people should be aware of in terms of how to support the LGBT community and um, how to fight against this discrimination that's happening within our communities um, and within our lives? Uh, Nadine, do you have any thoughts around that? Well, you know, one of the things that has been really helpful in Florida is that doing this work has relied on building a broad-based coalition. And we've had polling uh, actually done by our the current governor's, uh, one of his pollsters that showed that Republic, self-identified conservative Republican primary voters were more likely to vote for the candidate who was supportive of LGBT protect, protections. So I, the reason it's important for us to be vocal not just to politicians, but you know, what's your? Where's your mayor standing on this? Where's your city council? Where's your county commission? They can all be passing resolutions. They can all be amplifying their voices. Um, the businesses that are taking a stand on this, um, let them know that it matters to you as a consumer. Let them know that you're glad to see their name on that. And if their name isn't on it, ask them. Twitter gives us access to to companies like never before. You know, ask them what have you done to to help ensure that the law of the land, uh, you know, secures equality for all people. You know, there's lots of places that we can apply pressure. If you're a student, what's your university doing to amplify the message that everyone ought to have these protections? So wherever you are, whatever circle of influence you have, you you have a voice that can make a difference right now, and we need everybody to use it. That's very true. Um, that reminds me of something that came up earlier in conversation, too, about how a lot of these discriminations, I think, Sharita, you talked about this when you did your uh, the research around discrimination and the experiences within the LGBT community and how 
a lot of the discrimination that we experience is normalized, right? Um, and I saw this really funny meme about Gen Z, how they're being called out as being sensitive when they're not really sensitive. What they're doing is really calling out a lot of the toxic, bad, discriminatory behavior that we have accepted in our society. So I bring up that example to say that I think even asking questions around what is acceptable, not acceptable within your community could also be a small way to sort of unpack and reflect a little bit around discrimination and how people are treated um, in your in your circle. Yeah. So Charlotte, I'm going to pass over the mic to you after my, my banter on memes and Gen <laughs> no, Z. No, I'm, I'm glad. I, I always appreciate your memes. Edwith sends me the best memes. Um, <laughs> this is why we're Instagram friends. <laughs> Although you can tell, you know, because we said Instagram friends uh, instead of, you know, following each other on TikTok that we're millennials and not Gen Z. Um, <laughs> Um, so I want to give um, Sharita and Nadine, I, I want to give both of you an opportunity um, to uh, plug your work and talk more about like where people um, can go to find out more about the things that you're working on. Um, Sharita, who, for people who want to learn more about you and your work, where can they find you on social media um, in your you know, professional capacity that you want to share out on the radio? And uh, where do you, you know, if people want to read more of the work that you and your team have written, where can they find that information? Thanks. I definitely recommend that folks go to AmericanProgress.org and visit the LGBT page for a lot of information about our research um, and sign up for uh, updates and how you can get involved. And then uh, my Twitter handle is pretty easy. It's just at Sharita Gruber. Awesome. Thanks, Sharita. And Nadine, uh, where can people go to find more about you um, and your work with Equality Florida? Um, yeah, so equalityflorida.org is our website. It's got lots of information that you can get involved, whether you're motivated by wanting to pass federal protections or defend safe schools where LGBT young people can thrive, not just survive. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at equalityfl, which is our handle, I think, all across social media. And then you can you can uh, follow me on Twitter at one, the number one Nadine Smith. But my biggest ask to everybody is we all can't do everything, but whatever you can do, we need you to do it right now. And if you're not in Florida, there's a state organization in your neck of the woods that would love uh, for you to volunteer to be part of their effort, because this is a, a nationwide effort to finally pass comprehensive uh, non-discrimination protections that travel with us. We don't have to look at our zip code and figure out what state we're in and therefore which protections we have. We can move about the country with the assurance that these protections exist no matter where we are. Great. Thank you so much, Nadine. Um, and I, I think that's a great reminder. You know, um, from my understanding, 29 states do not currently have laws that explicitly protect LGBTQ people from discrimination. So without the Equality Act, um, LGBTQ folks in America remain vulnerable to being evicted from their homes, kicked out of a business that is open to the public, uh, denied health care or denied government services in a majority of states just because of who they are. So um, I think we I think we use this term on our action tool on the Generation Progress website. But, uh, you know, millennials and Gen Z are over the awful game of whack-a-mole of like bad rules, court positions and legislation. So it is absolutely time. It is past time for comprehensive protections at a federal level. Um, and it's time for the Senate to get their butt in gear uh, and to, to pass the Equality Act. I, I said, but I said, you don't have to bleep me, Mark. That's our producer. 
<laughs> um, to pass the Equality Act um, and make sure uh, that this gets across the finish line. Um, and you know, we still—it's—it's not—it's um, not controversial. It's the will of the people, um, and we just need to make sure it gets across the finish line. And I think momentum um, is on our side with the legislation. Um, Edwith, do you have anything anything you want to close us out with? Um, no, I, I think thank you so much to Nadine and thank you so much to Sharita. This has been a really great conversation and definitely appreciate Nadine, the insight of Florida as someone who's born and raised in Florida and understand the diversity of our community um, that is in Florida. It has been really exciting to hear, you know, the protections that we have here and how much the Equality Act would basically extend those protections, um, which would be really, really amazing. And Really a lot of gratitude also for Sharita and her team for all the hard work that they've done around the Equality Act. Um, it's been super amazing to sort of be in the virtual office and observe and see the fantastic work that uh, her team has really um, put out there and the wins that they are sort of creating for us in this moment. So it's very, very exciting. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, Sharita or Nadine, any, I'm sorry, I just yeah, talked right yeah. No, it's all right. I just, you, you, you made me think about this and I, we, you know, where we began, I want to return to one of the things we brought up at the very beginning. This is a moment where because Americans have a predisposition to support fairness, we see it in the polling numbers, 83% supporting non-discrimination protections, um, it cutting across all sorts of other divisions, but the way that they peel people away is by demonizing part of our community. And mm -hmm. I really want to say in the strongest possible terms, we can't let that happen. Everybody raise your voice to stop this attack on trans youth and to and to acknowledge that violence against trans women in particular, black and brown trans women in particular is an epidemic in our country that has to be addressed. That is exactly right. Um, well, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Uh, to anyone who wants to take action and email your senators now, you can do that on genprogress.org. And that is all the time that we have for today. Thank you again to our guests, Nadine Smith and Sharita Gruberg, our producer, Mark Grimaldi, and also Emily Leach, and to all of our listeners. We will talk to you next time on the Generation Progress Takeover of The Leslie Marshall Show. The case of the Long Island serial killer is still unsolved. Follow us, Billy Jensen and Alexis Linkletter, as we investigate the untold story of the Long Island serial killer. 11 victims, 10 years, and countless theories. It was just how many bodies were being found in one area. I was shocked. And for us, this case is personal. You can follow our investigation in our all-new special, Unraveled, The Long Island Serial Killer, streaming now on Discovery+. Plus. The case of the Long Island serial killer is still unsolved. Follow us, Billy Jensen and Alexis Linkletter, as we investigate the untold story of the Long Island serial killer. 11 victims, 10 years, and countless theories. It was just how many bodies were being found in one area. I was shocked. And for us, this case is personal. You can follow our investigation in our all-new special, Unraveled, the Long Island serial killer, streaming now on Discovery+. Plus.